Welcome back to another episode of No Highway Option, the cinema podcast that answers the one question that applies to every film. Is it better or worse than Vin Diesel's 2005 blood sport, sport of men for the people in the dark, the death cats, the masturbators, the outcasts who have no voice, no way of saying I hate this world, my father's an F-slur, fuck you, fuck authority, I want an orgasm, masterpiece, the pacifier. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I'm Connor. I'm one of your hosts. And I I don't know. I guess uh, if there was a random country that I'd be huge in, the, the Spotify data says Germany is our top non-US country. So I guess Germany. It seems like cheating. Hello to the Germans. <laughs> Guten Tag. I, uh, I'm your other host, Luke. Uh, they love me in Australia for my band. We sing la 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 lemon head. Uh huh. You don't want to say more of that Michael Shannon quote. <laughs> no, that's good. I'm good on that one. <laughs> and we have a returning guest with us today. Do you want to introduce yourself? What's up? Uh, my name is Nathaniel Marlowe. You can call me Natty. And I used to have a hockey podcast on SoundCloud. And one of my episodes for whatever reason blew up in indonesia my it just shot <laughs> Interesting. up by like 200 listeners i'm like oh that's that's awesome and then they all come from indonesia i'm like nope they're all bots so oh. if yeah so if i'm gonna be famous anywhere uh all the <laughs> indonesian bots have my socials i guess we have a uh, we have an episode on youtube that uh we're pretty sure people think is just the link to george of the jungle and that one has <laughs> 3,000 views versus the rest of them have like 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not big on YouTube, except for when people think it's a full movie. Speaking of full <laughs> movie, today's film is the 2010 music biopic drama, The Runaways, uh, starring Kristen Stewart and Dakota Fanning, which was given to us by Jade. Uh, do we have any history with this movie whatsoever? No, I, I had never even heard of it. In fact, I've heard of the movie because I've heard of the band. And when the movie first came out, I really wanted to watch it. And I just never got around to it till just now. Yeah, this came out for me at the time where my parents subscribed to Entertainment Weekly because of some like, oh, if you buy a certain amount of magazine subscriptions, you get a discount on something. And we just anything. Yeah, just anything. Just one of those things. And like. (laughs) We had Entertainment Weekly at first just for like a couple months, and then I got so into it, they were like, all right, I guess we'll keep getting it. And this was talked about a lot leading up to its release, and then it came out, and I was like, yeah, I guess it didn't make a splash. Well, like, it was that time where they were clearly taking a swing at it. They were like uh, trying to do like a former child star, look at what they're in and see if we can capitalize on that. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't think the reception was good. The reception was solid from what the Wikipedia looks like. Uh, it mostly just seems like it was an indie movie that like didn't really get distribution because they were like, eh. Kristen Stewart, I will say, looks like Joan Jett a lot in this. Yeah. Like they did great. They nailed that. the look. Yeah they, yeah, they gave her the hair and they gave her the clothes and she went, cool, I've got the attitude. I'm People forget that like I'm a good actress when I have a good character. Yeah, and uh, at least for Joan Jett, they could have written her 
better overall, but like with the material she was given, I thought she killed it. Not that I know much about Kristen Stewart movies, but of the Kristen Stewart movies that I've seen, this is hands down the best one that I've seen her act in. We just watched all the, not just, but earlier in the year, we watched all the Twilights, and this is definitely the best we've covered of hers for the show. Yeah, I this might be the best of hers I've seen. Um, I, I would give a mention to, she's a pretty good SNL host. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's not a movie. Uh, it's not my favorite Kristen Stewart movie, though. Okay. She's in Zathora. She's the older <laughs> sister in Zathora, and Zathora <laughs> rules. I, is Zathora, is that uh, Jumanji in space? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Josh Hutcherson's there. Dax Shepard pops up. You find out he's future Josh Hutcherson. It's great. It's Yeah, I mean, I do remember, I remember generally liking it. I yeah uh what else while we're still on a uh, kristen stewart uh not a movie but there's a band my girlfriend and i love called boy genius she oh, yeah. directed a, a trilogy of music videos for boy genius oh nice that's cool she was also in that uh happiest season that uh gay christmas rom-com on hulu a couple of years ago which was very cute is that the one with um the funny man or is that a different christmas no. movie that was a different gay movie Not that Christmas. came out no last Christmas. year, I think. You're telling me zero Christmas involved. I don't think so. I know what you're talking about. I don't remember that. I feel like that the was... The Funny Man Has Cancer, I think, is the plot. Yes. The Jim Parsons Cancer movie was a theatrical release last year. It came out in December, but I don't know if it was Christmas-themed. Uh, it looked there might have been like, like something Christmas I wanted to see. Trailer. It was a, that was a Michael Showalter thing, I think. Sure. I did not see it. Well, now I have to talk amongst yourselves while I find out this thing. Um, you know, yeah. And uh, Dakota Fanning's in it. Uh, reu- kind of a re- This came out, I think, the same year as Eclipse. So, like, not exactly oh. a Twilight re- 2010. Yeah. This so, was in the middle. Yeah. No, this wasn't huh. like, it's over. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. There, It just seems like they were like, hey, we kind of like each other. Let's uh, Let's do something, you know? Which is neat. Oh, they kind of like each other. In no, the film. I meant like off. The st- uh, it was called spoiler alert. Oh, the, it was Christmas. Okay, nice, nailed it. And yeah, it was the Michael Showalter thing. Um, well, yeah, they more than kind of like each other in this film, but <laughs> it it uh they you know they they probably were on the set and like I don't know one of them probably had the script and then looked at the other and went, do you want to be in this? Um, I don't know if this, like, I think that it is a biopic that follows some of the beats, but I don't know if it's like faithful to the story or like, I don't maybe know it's the story just, well enough. I don't know. It's, it might just be a thing where it's like, it does the broad strokes. Yeah. It's one of those things yeah. that, that when I was watching it. Uh, I was like, because I've complained on this show a number of times about like the paint by numbers, walk hard, think about his whole life, music biopic yeah, nonsense. Yeah. We know you hate biopics. I don't. We've heard it. I don't like, but like when it feels you just like hate them when they follow the story of the music. When it feels like it's doing the paint by numbers Mad Libs thing, yeah. And this one didn't like. You could tell it was following the beats but it didn't feel like it was filling them in just like copy paste okay let's take out freddie mercury and put in bob marley 
Like, you know, if I don't know why you're always on the Bob Marley movie, it hasn't even come out. We haven't seen it because it's the first one I thought of. Uh, It felt like they had a bunch of like things written on pieces of paper on a big bulletin board and they were just hitting them with darts. That's that's sometimes how people make a script. Yeah, precisely how I feel about this movie. And I'm glad we all three of us kind of sharing that sentiment where it just feels like they're they're throwing darts. But also it feels like even though we don't know much about the actual Runaways band, just watching it, you knew they changed a lot of things or they cut out some stuff because part of it, is it just me or does the movie feel rushed? It like definitely super rushed in a way. The beginning feels like it really like focuses on this is how they got together. And then after they get together, it's like boom, fame, Bam. boom, boom, boom. Now she's done. She went to rehab. She's in a store. Sad ending. It's like, oh, uh, oh, OK, yeah, we're done. Interesting. Hopeful ending. Yeah, sad and hopeful, a combination. They did kind of make it seem like she wrote the rock and roll song, Mm -hmm. um, which that part of it, I know she heard it somewhere, and she was just like, yeah, that's going to be my thing. Well, I mean, I I think that Joan Jett had like... She's like the cover cover of that song that you know, you know, like... I think she had like some hand in like producing or writing this movie or something. I mean, she definitely... I, I would say the thing that this movie does a disservice to is like the performance career of Joan Jett mm-hmm. because it's just kind of like a throwaway at the end. Like, well, cause you know, nobody thinks about David Bowie and his band and then she like does it, but it's, you don't see like she let, they did the runaways for a little while and then she like was hugely successful. Yeah. But it's not a Joan Jett and the runaways movie. It's just the runaways. And yeah. since uh, Sherry Curry was the front woman, then she's got to be the focus. Yeah, I think what they did, I think they they got the rights to her story because I think it's based off her book. Mm-hmm. But Joan Jett was the executive producer. Mm. So yeah. I the main focus, like I did like that the main focus was uh, Sherry Curry and Joan Jett, but they apparently completely removed slash changed the name of one of the real members of the band for, for uh, the exact opposite of the Sherry Curry thing. They couldn't get the rights to her story or, uh. or something, something crazy like that. Mm. Um, I think she, th- I think Sadie West, I think that was who they cut out. And I think she actually threatened to, I think she threatened to sue Joan Jett. There. If th- they included her story in the movie as well. So there is a character named Sandy West in the film. Uh, according to the Wikipedia cast list, Robin Robbins is the false name of the bassist Jacqueline Fuchs, who was an attorney in the entertainment field who did not want to release her life rights. That's right. They got rid of Jackie Fox. Okay. <clears throat> and you're right about that. And also she's played by Aaliyah Shawcat, who's maybe from Arrested Development and she doesn't say anything. She's just there and you go, Oh right. That's the, that that's, that's the, the cousin. cousin. Yeah. It's, uh, there was some beef here. Um, I think like there is, uh, there is something to be said for like, you can't just fucking make a bunch of teenagers famous and then just leave them alone somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff's we, bad. We, Stuff's going to happen. I feel like we've seen that multiple times throughout life. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's like a bit of a cautionary tale, and it's like a true story of how they got big and. I don't know. It's a thing where a director put Michael Shannon down and went, we, we need you at 400% at all times. And he went, I can do that. He went, have you seen me piss my pants in a thunderstorm? <laughs> Character he plays Kim Fowley, that is 100% how he was in real life. Nice. So with the material Michael Shannon was getting, I mean, Michael Shannon, no offense to him, kind of looks like, a corpse anyway oh, okay. but the real life kim, the real life kim fowley looks like the corpse of michael shannon playing kim fowley's corpse what a weird like oh wow that wow yeah he does he does really <laughs> yeah, look yeah, like him. Yeah, you looked it up didn't you yeah, i did the first picture he looks like a rankin bass christmas special being like this Melting. is an old dead man yeah i, I think they uh it's a weird afterwards thing like in the credits where they were doing what everyone did uh and about him they were like you can see you still see his dumb ass he has green hair that part was weird yeah, yeah. i <laughs> that was a real thing they put in that's not that's not uh luke ad living that was a real thing <laughs> they put at the end of the movie it's, you can still see him walking to sunset strip with green hair and a cane it's all it, right. It's yeah, it's one of those things that like I guess they were trying to be like, oh, we're still like irrelevant or irrevenant. We're still like what not wacky, but like we're punk. We're like we don't give a fuck what people think. We're just going to put whatever in the ending. We're Leonardo DiCaprio in bear suits. Yeah, I know. I I don't know what word I was trying to say. What if the band was the Revenants? I'm sure that's a band. As people in bear suits pretending to be Leo? I, I don't think it's people in bear suits pretending to be Leonardo DiCaprio. And a great idea for a band, though. Getting the, <laughs> getting the Oscar for the wrong movie. What do they play? Like, what's what kind of music do they play? If it's Old any, metal. If it's anything <laughs> like The Revenant, just a lot of grunting. Fits. So, like, folk metal or death metal? Yeah. I listen to that band. Yeah, instead of screams, it's just <laughs> almost a scream. <laughs> uh, parts of this movie did feel like like an after school special, not an after school special, but like a PSA, uh, like the movie Thirteen or that commercial where they're like, "You wouldn't, you wouldn't steal a horse." What? That I was the vibe. I don't... This doesn't feel like a movie piracy warning to <laughs> me. <laughs> you wouldn't eat a baby. <laughs> Isn't it like you wouldn't download a car? Isn't that what it actually is? Yeah, oh, that's, that's a great one. Well, yeah. <laughs> where they were... Uh, for people who people from don't understand. Pirating music. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, music and you movies. You wouldn't download a freaking car, would you? <laughs> If it was available to me, maybe. That's when 3D printing was starting to become big. I remember all over Tumblr, people were posting you wouldn't download a car and then just posting car schematics for 3D printers. Like, I think I would. I guess, like, 13 is the most relevant. Like, But I guess, I don't know, there were places where they went off of that. But, like, there, in the meat of this movie, in the middle, it did feel very much like that. And, um, yeah, there was some stuff where it was a little blatantly obvious of, like, showing the palm with a bunch of random pills being like, it's drug time. 
and you're and you have to be like, I know that's bad. They shouldn't be doing that. But I don't know. I liked this. I thought it was pretty good. I, you know, I like not not a favorite, but I like, didn't hate it. You know, it was yeah. It the, happened. The performances were good. Michael Shannon was going nuts, and like they gave him David Bowie makeup. Awesome. Yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, this was the most okay movie I've ever watched. Yeah, where just, it's it's not it's not great, but it's definitely not terrible by any means. No, it was a pretty solid movie. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed it. Decent way to kill uh, an hour forty minutes. Yeah, not too long, hundred minutes, and just like feels very much like an indie movie in the sense that it's like we're gonna do some stuff that like the studios might be scared of. But then at the same time, it's not like incredibly transgressive where you're like, oh, like, why the fuck would they do that? Like there's some stuff where it's like small. It's like, what's the opening shot? A drop of period blood. Oh, the studio would never let us do that. And then it's like and then we're just going to we're just going to do normal stuff. Oh, look, they're pissing on a guitar. Studios might not yeah. like that. But I, like which, I, based on the actual runaway story, they toned down a lot of the stuff for the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they really, they wanted you to be like, oh, man, we're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But then, like, did they? It's, I think a part of the disconnect is you have uh, Dakota Fanning and Kristen Stewart, who at this point were adults, like, playing these roles. Dakota Fanning was... Well, she was born in 1994, so she would have been 16 at the time. So, but she looked, uh, I don't know, like, it's one of those things where, like, they're doing all this stuff and you're supposed to be like, man, this is fucked up because they're 15, like, or, like, Sherry's 15, like, they're all very young and they're treating them in this fast-paced world and, like, everything's just, it, like, it's messing up their entire lives and it doesn't really come off as that you know yeah um yeah i don't know and i don't know that i really needed it to be more in your face like i needed more stuff from it but it i it did suffer from the fact that it wasn't like i didn't want to see anything more from the like photo shoot like i didn't Mm. need to see anything more but because that was what they gave us it made the band's reaction insane those girls were so mean to her about fucking nothing yeah and it might be because it's sherry's point of view that like it seems sudden they're like snap at her but like i feel like there could have been a little more of just like focus on people being upset or annoyed during a rehearsal or during a concert instead of just being like, why are you on the cover? Fuck you. It's like, Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think they were trying to imply like that there was the pornography portion of it. Yeah. As to, like mm-hmm. being explicit about it. Cause again, like, as I mentioned earlier, like they toned down a lot for this movie. And apparently from what I heard that, that, that the real life photo shoot was her naked. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so they, especially like with the main character being underage, like they definitely had to tone that down. Maybe so they should I have gone it, think, older actresses so that they could have done 
like a more in your face movie. I, yeah, maybe it's it's tough. Like right because they did the because they got everybody at the age that they did. They looked the part. Even if I looked up pictures of uh, <clears throat> Cherry mm-hmm. and put it next to pictures of Dakota Fanning, and like that, I they did it. Like yeah. she looked just like her. Yeah. yeah. I, one thing that helps, and one thing I find interesting is that I I actually didn't realize it was Dakota Fanning until earlier today. Oh yeah. Oh wow. I I not once did I think it was her. I mean, yeah, she's really good. That's that's the weird the weirdest thing about this movie to me is as I've been thinking about it after watching it today, is I don't think it's perfect. I think it's just a solid like yeah that was good that was all right like if someone asks should I watch it I'll go hey maybe if you like if you feel like it. But I don't have, like, this is the definitive way to improve it. It's like, it's just good, and I don't really know how, what, or how I would change it a bunch. I think it was, like, fine. Like, I was fine on it. Um, But it suffers from the biopic thing where there's like a million biopics and a lot of them do the part better. Yeah. Yeah. I think they could have uh, added another 30 minutes in there because some scenes feel super rushed and other scenes feel too drawn out. I feel like if you add another 30 minutes to the film, you can draw out more important moments from those scenes that feel super rushed I think you would have more character development that way. You would care more about the characters that way. And I think you would also care about uh, more characters as well. It's mm-hmm. like they lost the speed of it. Because in the beginning, it was moving at a pace where it made sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they were showing these girls at the beginning of their band and you were like, okay, yeah, I get where this is going. And then as soon as they got famous, it was like you said, they, it was like, boom, yeah. they let the air out of the balloon all at once. That, and then all of a sudden you were at the end. The pacing after they got famous didn't give you enough time to be, to sit with and be disturbed of all of this crazy shit is happening to a 15 year old. Yeah. Like you just find all of this crazy shit is happening. New crazy thing is happening. New development between, uh, the sisters. Oh, the dad is drunk. Oh, the dad is sick, dead. And she doesn't want to come home. Oh no, we're moving on. Okay. Band drama. Okay. Rehab. Oh, we're done. And I don't know if the band actually like this was how fast they exploded. Because maybe that is realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's the way it was, then they did a great job showing it. But if it's not, I would have liked to have seen some in-between gigs between House Party and like World Tour. Yeah, the House Party where they the cops bust it in broad daylight. That's that's what's gonna happen if you're having a, I mean, I a guess house they were, party in the yeah, broad daylight. I guess they were there all night and <clears> like that was supposed to be like it's morning, but I just when they ran outside and it was like noon brightness, I was like, Oh, okay. That's- it more so gave it the impression that it started at like three in the afternoon yeah. and the cops busted it not even an hour into the show. <laughs> Immediately. <Yeah. laughs> 
Hey, 5 p.m. is quiet hours. That's when we like to eat dinner. Cherry Bomb. Cherry Bomb's a good song. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this got solid enough reviews. It's got a 69% on Rotten Tomatoes with an average rating of 6.2 out of 10, which is fine. Not great. Not terrible. Uh, Metacritic, it's got a 65 based on 36 reviews. People praise the performances and the music, but uh, they were disappointed by how kind of surface level it was. Which, yeah, it definitely was very surface level. Like yeah. not even like all three of us don't know in depth about the band at all, but you could tell watching it the first time they they had to cut stuff out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We didn't get any more by watching it. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of IMDb trivia about Joan Jett doing the Blu-ray commentary for this and just being like, here's like, oh, they do this little thing in the movie. Here's what actually happened. That's probably interesting. Uh, Apparently, Joan Jett was pissed off that Kristen Stewart always wore leather pants in the movie. She said that she wore jeans more or never wore leather pants. However, there are many pictures of her from this period where she is wearing leather pants. Does she say that she was really mean to the guitar teacher or did Christian Stewart make that up? I haven't seen that yet. I That was the thing that surprised me the most was hearing the real lyrics to On Top of Old Smokey. I only know the spaghetti version. <laughs> I don't know the real words and I just realized that now. Uh, apparently Dakota Fanning borrowed a jet a belt from Sherry Curie to wear during the movie. And Joan Jett recognizes it on the commentary. I guess she goes, yeah, there's the belt. She wore that a lot. There are pictures of all of them together. Mm-hmm. Uh, that scene where there's the soundtrack, the s- soundtrack, sound <laughs> check, and the one band goes, get off the stage, get the fuck off the stage. According to Joan Jett, that was Rush in real yeah. life. Really? That's That's what this... Trivia fact says, I don't know, it's got one downvote, so maybe it's wrong. Or maybe Rush oh, it, logged into IMDb and said, no, we didn't. I was about to say, uh, Rush is the last band I would expect to pull that kind of thing. But who knows? Maybe uh, maybe, the, maybe those Canadian boys are a bunch of dicks. I feel like Rush would need an extensive sound check. They need to do a lot of drum shit. And like yeah. other Rush things. Tom Sawyer stuff. Yeah, that, that's... They would have to 2112 real hard or something. Listen, we all saw I Love You, Man. We did. Lou Ferrigno. It's a great movie. Pick up your dog shit. Hey, uh, here's a IMDb trivia thing that you just scrolled by. Uh, Marie Curie is the granddaughter of Elvis and Priscilla Presley. Oh, yeah. I I thought I'd yeah I don't know why I didn't say that but yeah it's Riley Keough. That's like that's oh cool. oh just the actress. All yes, right. no, okay. not not the character. The act- I was like, that's a weird thing that they I, didn't bring up. No, I spent a lot of time being like, I recognize the sister. Where the fuck do I know her from? And it is Riley Keough. Key Keough. Riley Keough. I think it's Keough. Yeah. Speaking of Riley Keough, uh. Have either of you seen Daisy Jones and the Six? I have not. I've heard a lot of good things about it. So Daisy Jones and the Six is basically 
uh, the same plot, but make it more so Fleetwood Mac story as opposed to the runaway story. Mm. I think going back to the discussion of ways to improve this movie, I think if you make it like a limited series, I know they weren't as popular back in 2010 as they are now, but I think if you make this a TV show, nothing, nothing crazy, nothing like nine or 10 episodes like Daisy Jones is. But if you make it like a solid three episodes, I think that would improve the storytelling in this by tenfold. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. And like putting it on a streaming service. So the content is a little more uh, able to go a little bit further without the MPA potentially giving it an NC-17. Because that was probably also Mm -hmm. part of it. uh, Just one, like, even though like it is an independent movie and didn't get a huge theatrical rollout, like they probably still were like, we want to get as many people to see this movie. But I mean, it doesn't have to, to go farther. It doesn't all have to be like in your face sex stuff. Yeah. Like you could show more like yelling and anti-establishment mm-hmm. stuff without really delving into like the shit that's going to make your rating go up. Like possibly, but also the uh, yeah. MPA is very weird. But I think there's ways to do it that don't necessarily have to be that. Um there are definitely ways to do it because mm-hmm. Uh, another movie. I haven't seen this movie in a long time, but Walk the Line, uh, like the Johnny Cash story, I mm-hmm. thought they showed stuff in that movie that did his story justice from from what I remember. It's been like 10 plus years since I've seen that movie. Yeah. But I think that's PG-13 and they were able to get away with a decent amount. Yeah. I mean, again, it's always it's very weird. The fact that this is teenagers might also have played into some of the stuff. But again, you never really know what's going on with them. Because it's just a shadowy board of concerned Los Angeles parents. Yeah, I think you just really have to, I don't know, maybe it needed some more time in the oven. You just needed to cook it a little bit. Um, Because I I really think they showed whatever that handful of drugs was. You know, there was that scene where there were all those needles on the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they did show whatever they showed from the, like, fold out photo shoot stuff. Um, and they felt comfortable doing all of that. I just think they could have done, I don't know what it is. Maybe you see more of before the band starts. Maybe you see more of like them being shitty teenagers or something. Mm -hmm. Um, just something more. Uh, yeah, Sherry Curie praised Dakota Fanning for her performance, but noted a lot in her book was not included. Uh, she said, this is a lighter flash of what the runaways were for a very specific amount of time. How do you take two and a half years? That's faster than I thought and make it a film that's now and a half and make it even closely touch what was truly going on. The true story is an epic and that's just not anything that could have been done on film. Yeah, but that's, I feel like, so you don't, if that's the takeaway, Mm -hmm. if you're like, we have so much. How could we even do it? Then why do it at all? You know? People like a challenge. The thing. So of take what? the challenge. Take the reins and like make more. I don't know. Uh, this is a this is a disclaimer. I've never made a movie about Joan Jett in the runaways, so like take this with a grain of salt. 
budget might have had something to do with it too. Yeah. Yeah. That and like how much can like I, I wonder how much of the real story there is. Like that it there's always gonna be this what if that plays in my head whenever I think about this movie going forward. Like, what if you make it thirty extra minutes? What else can you tell in thirty extra minutes? Mm-hmm. Uh or like it's it's kinda also just like like just moving the resources basically around to different spots. Cause like, I don't think we needed as much of the David Bowie lip sync as we got. Like yeah. we could have had, like we could have had some of it, but it was almost the full song and as much as I enjoyed it. And I was like, yeah, this is cool. That, that beginning and that like, okay, she wants to be a performer versus the speed of the end of the movie. Like some of that could have been reallocated to a little bit later, you know? Well, it didn't feel necessary, the Bowie stuff. Like, every single thing they did with Kristen Stewart from the get, you were like, yeah, I get Mm -hmm. that. That makes sense. And the way that they started the Dakota Fanning stuff, like, as egregious as it may be the like the drop of blood and the you are like directly saying you are a woman now Mm -hmm. like that was super important to where the story was gonna go but then like the bowie stuff was you were interested in performing and being interested in performing and first time dealing with hecklers which leads to michael shannon's heckler drills of just (laughs) throwing shit at women in his garage (laughs) Or in the trailer. <laughs> that part, I actually, I actually thought was good because, I mean, back back then, I mean, like women in rock now, mm-hmm. uh, still don't get enough respect. Uh, even even fifty years after the Runaway story, so I thought, especially for the time period, I thought that scene was, uh, <laughs> rather fitting. Yeah, because it did help prepare them for what they. Uh, would have to go through. I don't know how yeah. much heckling they ever received, but they were uh, one of the only, and certainly the biggest all-female rock bands out there. Mm-hmm. And then e- even nowadays, like how many, like how many huge, like female bands or like female front bands do you think of? There aren't that many of them that are huge. Like one of my favorite bands is Spirit Box, but they're not a huge band. They're huge for the scene they're in, but they're not one mm-hmm. of they're not an evanescence people know paramore that's not yeah. all ladies but like Haley's out there and i think they do i mean they definitely touch on that here there are moments but i just wish that every single time it came up it didn't feel like a like Kristen stewart record scratch do you know what you're doing to the future of women in rock and roll and like i wish that they had spent some more time hitting it like hammering that point because it's one thing to have joan jett sitting in a guitar lesson and the guitar teacher says you know electric women guitars don't play electric right, guitars like women don't do that and that's like one point of it but it's another thing to spend two hours with an all-female rock band on the road actively feeling like they're not being like 
respected for all of what they're doing. Right. Uh, to show that how much of, and, and they show a, like, a little bit, they talk about how the band got big, but I don't think they do justice to the fact that like, this was it, huge. What they did was huge. And even the scene where you have Joan Jett uh, yelling at, uh, Sherry about the photo shoot and like mm. this is all they're gonna see now like that is an important line and that's a like a good delivery but it's not enough yeah, yeah. I'm with you that that scene missed the mark a bit and it missed the mark because they, they had to tone it down I get that but it's another one of those things you focus more on them and what they had to go through if they would have focused on overcoming the adversity that 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 line in that moment would have hit so much harder i yeah i get that to just play the different side for a second of like it was revolutionary it was a huge deal but did they ever feel like that as it was happening or were they just like we're just doing we're just doing a band you know? i think i, I think that the, even to that that point too but like i don't even think we got enough of them not mm-hmm. feeling like it wasn't that big because I don't think we ever get a good sense in this movie of how what it, it was and how big it gets. Because yeah, like the thing that surprised me was like, okay, they're getting bigger, they're getting bigger, and then snap, they're in Japan. And it's like you're huge in Japan. And it's like, oh, okay, but I wanted to see more domestic success, if that makes sense, or like see more of a gradual climb, and then it's like, oh no, wait, they're already big. I think I would have liked to have seen like more overall, but something that could have been good for me is if they did some extra research and they found just a, a ba- maybe a present band or maybe someone who like a little before then somebody who was a little after mm-hmm. and they just, they like maybe right before the credits or maybe during the credits, um, I, I don't need to see – sometimes I like the text and sometimes it's nice to see they went on to do stuff. But I think what would have been more impactful is if they put something like a, a little bit of text about what the Runaways did for the future of rock and roll. And then they had a similar band up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that, because the actual music was revolutionary for its time. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you remove the – you remove the all female band part, even the female vocals part out. Like what they were doing was basically combining Black Sabbath with the Ramones. That's essentially what the music was. It's good music. And that hit. Yeah. yeah. It like not to spoil the criteria early, but like the the soundtrack obviously fucks real hard. <laughs> I Yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's a I did not think that this episode would be as complicated as of like <laughs> just discussing it and being like, it's good, but like, it's not like, I don't know. I thought this was going to be a lot more straightforward of like, I loved it. The performances were great or it sucks. And this is why it sucks. It's like, no, it's like deeper than that, it's, which is uh, kind of cool, but like a surprise. It's uh we're going to go back to Amadeus again, except yeah. it's opposite. Um, what I needed was more notes. <laughs> yeah. More notes. I'm just going to keep bringing up how much I like Michael Shannon. He's such a good actor. <laughs> he I, was great in this. Every time he pops up in something, I'm just like, fuck yeah. Michael Shannon's Michael Shannon's in the funny Tom Hardy voice movie. Hell yeah. 
Yum. So I, I have his filmography up because I wanted to see if we have ever covered him on the show before. We have once, I believe. Do you remember which one? No. So he plays uh, Frankie Lombardo in good old Kangaroo Jack. Remember oh, Michael yeah. Shannon's the villain? He was Kangaroo. a Kangaroo Jack. He's the main villain. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure, <laughs> you know, it's been three years, but I'm pretty sure that when we were recording it, we went on a thing about, oh, yeah, fuck, that's Michael Shannon. It, probably. I probably said something <laughs> about how much I love him in Knives Out because he's just nuts in it. He's getting up close to Chris Evans going, you want some cookies, Ransom? And it's great. <laughs> I'll tell you what I didn't like him in was Bullet Train. I, I, yeah, I didn't like Bullet Train at all. <laughs> I Much at all. I don't know. I, I had my issues with it. I liked Bullet Train just fine. I just like, I thought Michael Shannon was the wrong guy to be the guy at the end. Yeah. I, I just thought that like it was, it was a lot. For years I was like, I, it would be a funny prank to like write a script of like, Oh, the end of a series or the like the culmination of a cinematic universe that like doesn't exist. And when I was watching Bullet Train, I'm like, that's what this feels like. Like they're introducing these characters that I'm like, oh, that would be an interesting backstory. And it's like, oh, no, it's supposed to be a big deal that they're meeting up. And now he's dead. Okay, moving on. Who's all right as the villain of Man of Steel? That's the one movie I think of when I think of Michael Shannon outside of this one. Yeah, he was General Zod. He popped back up in the Flash and was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. Uh, I'm just going to keep saying there's that movie where it's a thunderstorm and he pisses his pants. Take Shelter's good. Take Shelter was very good. I thought that was really cool. He was also in Midnight Special. Isn't that the same guy? I think it is. He's just fucking... Yeah, Jeff Nichols. Just pointing out Michael Shannon films. Michael Shannon films we had to watch in college? Yes. Um, Has Jeff Nichols done it? Oh, the bike riders is the next Jeff Nichols thing. Now I'm more interested in it. Besides the funny, funny voices in the trailer. There's, it's a thing that's coming out soon, but Tom Hardy's voice in it sounds like a 10-year-old doing a Marlon Brando impression. And Jodie Comer's voice sounds like a 90s SNL character called Little Miss Midwestern. It They're very strong choices. But, you know, it, it'll probably be something. Did, um... So, in the band, mm-hmm. there was Dakota Fanning. There was Kristen Stewart. Yes. There was... Maybe. Uh, the, the girl from Arrested Development who dated Chris Evans. Maybe. Um, and the other girls had like faces where it was like i could have seen you somewhere before have we seen them somewhere before um the one uh stella mave johnson played sandy west the drummer she was in brooklyn's finest trans america butt whistle take the 10 <laughs> starlet <laughs> asylum seekers a couple of law and orders uh svu any svu yes she was leslie sweeney in the episode influence what year is that 2006 oh that's like vintage svu she was in elliot my, stabler hasn't left yet she was in my super psycho sweet 16 part two two um, episodes of house 
Jeff Baker Jr., college professor, the Funny or Die Presents segment. <laughs> Man, so like... Kelsey from the Just Push Play episode of Rizzoli and Isles. Yeah, so none of these... Um, One episode of God Friended Me. What am I, my grandmother? Did did your grandmother watch God Friended Me? Yes, we were at... I don't know a single person say, who did. I want to say that it was like Christmas Eve or something. Like, my grandmother definitely brought it up. She was like, you know, I watched this show on TV. Wasn't like, God like some weird star that you were like, why are they in here? No, I, I mean, I don't know anymore about it. It's just like... Oh, that, the main character was a podcast guy. That's my entire history with it. He hosts a podcast about atheism. I'm sure that's very tolerable. I don't know. Um, it's, uh, we should have him as a guest on the show. What about uh, what about the other girls? Oh, well, now I have to go back a bunch of Wikipedia pages. Um, is Lita Ford. Okay, Lita, Lita Ford was played by Scout Taylor Compton. Like, like from To Kill I know a that name. Uh, I was going to say, I know Scout from To Kill a Mockingbird and Compton from Straight Outta. Uh, <laughs> she was Tiffany in 13 going on 30. Oh, dude. Like, is that the friend? Probably. I don't know, man. Like the mean friend from work? Is that? It's been a very long time since I've seen 13 going on 30. Okay. I, you think you're better than me because you haven't seen a perfect movie in a while? No, I, I'm just stating that it's been a while. Movie's perfect. They do the dance. Let's see. Okay. Well, you know why now I know the name. She was in the Halloween remake. Yeah, she played young the Rob Roy, Zombie one. She played Laurie Strode in Halloween and Halloween two, but the 2007 and 2009 versions. Um, she's in other stuff. A lot of stuff on her tag, but not tag tag. Oh, because a lot of stuff on her Wikipedia does not have links. So these yeah, are seeing that now projects without pages. Um, the ch- she's in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre video game that either just <laughs> came out or is coming out later this year. I think that came out recently and people liked it. I um, I feel like that's another one of those like asymmetrical horror games where it's like one person's the killer and four people are on a team. They're doing that with killer clowns from outer space, too. I, I don't like the format. Um, I know a lot of people do. Um, and I think that's just because like I never got super into like team-based gameplay um and it's like it's like what you did as a kid i feel like it's hard to break out of and like mm-hmm. i was a i was a playstation 2 kid so i did a lot of like single player experiences and so by the time like multiplayer really fucking exploded i like didn't have anybody to play with and then i got a ps3 like as an older kid i was like 17 or 18 and everybody else was already on their xboxes uh, it's kind of neat in this, even though her character is could have been cut because all she does is go places. We're moving to Indonesia, but uh, Sherry's mom is played by Tatum O'Neill, the youngest Oscar winner of all time. Um, what? The Peaky, Peaky Brewster, Punky Punky Brewster. <laughs> Tatum O'Neill is not Punky Brewster. What the. <laughs> fuck are you talking about who's the kid what did they win the oscar for paper moon um i don't think so yes it is oh all right well then <laughs> that's just a <laughs> punky brewster was a tv show about 
Like a kid, wasn't a, it? A kid who had an old man friend. She hung out in a treehouse or something. All right. Well, that kind of seems like something that should have won an Oscar. It couldn't have if it was a TV show. <laughs> hmm. It's messed up. I, I don't think so. I think that's just the separation. So the, the short answer is no. We didn't know these girls from anything else. Um, except for maybe I've seen them in a floating episode well, of and, SVU. And Natty knew the... And One the, girl from yes, Halloween. Natty, Natty knew them. <laughs> Natty knew Laurie Strode. <laughs> I have not seen Halloween 2. I haven't seen any of the Rob Zombie ones. The only one I've seen is the 1978 version, because last year I was going through my, like, not last year, two years ago now, of, like, I got to watch a lot of classic cars, and that was one of them. I saw that one, and then I saw the, like, recent oh, I also remake. Not remake. The recent continuation. The mm-hmm. first one from the Halloween trilogy. Didn't you guys see Kills in theaters? I did see Kills also. Because um, I, I did not see Ends. I I think I saw the 2018 one as well. And that was just like, oh yeah, this is, you know, it's happening. I think the first one was, was decent. Um, the second one, it's like what your bag is. And like, horror is already not really my bag. But also like. They kill the guy, you know, they kill him and then he's like, and he's up again, you know, and like, he's just like the spirit of evil and like, he wasn't the spirit of evil before. He was a guy. He was a guy in prison. You didn't lock up the spirit of evil. That was the whole point of the 2018 was to be like, oh, well, in these later sequels, they were like, this was actually a cult baby and like, he's possessed multiple people before and blah, blah, blah. But then they were like, oh, but like, if we just make him that a sounds dude. Like that's on my alley. But yeah, but like, if we just <laughs> make opposite. him a dude again, then this is kind of boring. So like, we got to give him some weird super shit again. I like the boring dude. Give me more of the boring dude. When I was a kid, I loved boring dude. I, for whatever reason, I loved Halloween four and five. Like those two freaked me out as a kid. And I loved it. I didn't see any of them until I was, like, an adult. Yeah. Like, it was a couple of years ago. That was one of the many movies that my mom was like, this thing scared the shit out of me. Like, I don't think you'd ever be able to survive it. And I was like, okay. Like, I'll never watch it. And then I watched it, and I'm like, it's scary, but, you know, it it wasn't as bad as she was hyping it up to be. Because she was like... yeah, because you saw it how many years after she did. Well, yeah. (laughs) But, like, she was like, oh, I'm... You might hear this story again on a future episode. Who knows? But she was (laughs) like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, like the scariest thing I ever saw. Like, I saw Halloween because my friends and I wanted to see a different movie and it was all sold out. So we saw that. And the music is so scary. Like, I had to sleep with the light on for a week. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it was that and The Shining. She was like, I was babysitting a kid and they were watching The Shining. And I got so sick because I kept excusing myself to the kitchen and they had cookies in the kitchen, so I just ate a bunch of cookies all night, and I was just like, this sucks. And then I watched The Shining, and I was like, ha ha ha, Simpsons episode reference. <laughs> anyway, The Runaways. Another movie I haven't seen in forever. I wonder if it'll actually scare me this time, or if I think it's just going to be goofy as hell again. It, it, there's like, there's definitely scary stuff in it, but I don't know. I've... It's one of those things that's been parodied to death in pop culture that like you watch it and you just think of all the other things that have already done it. And then you're like, oh, it's not really scary because like the boys got the shin in. You want to get sued? You know. So the Runaways. uh, (laughs) 
had a budget of 10 million, grossed 4.6, but like limited release, super indie, not that surprising. Damn. Uh, I mean, 4.6 million in only 244 theaters, that's not god awful. Yeah, but it's not the no, break even a, point. Yeah, it's you know? not a blockbuster success. And I think this With was a budget like, of only 10 million, I could see why the movie felt rushed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's very much a Sundance indie movie. Which, like, you know, it it was initially slated to open in 1,400 theaters. I don't know what happened. Hmm. I also don't know what happened. I don't know if that's a... Or, because it opened limited, did it expand, but it doesn't say anything on Wikipedia about that. Probably, because I was busy being 16 years old. Ah, uh, because of its average opening weekend was 805,000, uh, which is not great. Placing it at number eight. It's more than I had at 16 years old in 2010. That's more money than I have now. Uh, placed it number 18 to the box office, averaging 3,300 per theater. Most of the audience opening weekend were 25 or older. So the distribution company Apparition changed their marketing strategy because they shut down. Oh, they had a sudden shutdown. So that's why the 1400 theater wide release went down to 200 something. The whole theater, the whole thing shut down. It looks like it. All right. After let's, they put the movie out. Let's open another Wikipedia page. This uh, is the worst timing ever for that to happen. Yeah. It you lo- lose 1200 theaters it lo- and you, you shut down. It launched in August of 2009, and it was like, we're going to do art house and independent movies. And then they did this. in May of 2010, <laughs> it. it says it released, they released six features and one short in that quick amount of time. Let's see what we got. Uh, Bright Star. Is that? I don't think it's the musical. Bright Star, Black Dynamite, The Boondocks 2. Oh, dude. Boondock Saints 2, not The Boondocks Boondock Saints 2. Boondock Saints 2 terrible movie uh but like there's this the end of it pretty decent made me want a third one um and also there's like the the speech is from that one the one where they're like men build shit like that's from that movie i haven't seen it. um not from the good one <laughs> uh the young victoria the runaways the square and a short film called spider and then, yeah, like this... Black Dynamite, I think, is the most famous of these movies. I feel like people know Bright Star. I know the musical. Yeah. It's not that, though. I know. But, yeah, like, it was starting to shut down, uh, and then it fully shut down in September. It was supposed to distribute the Terrence Malick's Tree of Life movie, but then they were like, we can't do that. So here you go, 20th Century Fox. Have fun with whatever the hell this is. So this just really, like, was bad timing. Yeah. Because, uh, like, this would have been a, like a, this is going to be a weird one. Um, This would have been, like, a Elliot Page level movie where, like, it's not, like, the best movie you've ever seen. But, like, but it, would- it has a following mm-hmm. and it did well and it could have been like a breakout for 
even though Chris and Stewart had already broken out in Twilight, it could have been an even bigger breakout of like, but she can do shit outside of it. Yeah, like that kind of sucks for the rest of the like other people. Like the one girl is Elvis's granddaughter, so mm. like I'm sure she's fine. Yeah, she's doing stuff. But like She's in Zola. And the one girl the one girl was in the second Halloween movie, but like I feel like that should that's kind of directly the trajectory of like Kristen Stewart and Dakota Fanning already were established and they had other shit. Mm-hmm. And this like could have been a vehicle for those other girls who like just didn't get their shot. I mean, I guess that's the nature of the business, but like that's kind of booty. Yeah. Uh, also outside of, outside of Joan Jett, it almost kind of feels and Lita Four too. It almost feels like a metaphor for the band. Yeah. In yeah. a sick kind of way. <laughs> that's that's the what biggest should star happen. Of the movie. They should uh they should make a movie about the in movie. another couple of years about the making of the movie, but not like a the room style comedy. Just a, like a what putting these two things next to each other. This this kind of tells the story that we wanted to tell with the first fucking movie. And it would be very interesting to see who could play Kristen Stewart. Uh, according to Variety, they had like a postmortem, I guess, for the movie. They believe that the film's underperformance was due to both underfunded marketing, because the <laughs> production company was dying, and failure to find an audience with the age demographic that would either be fans of The Runaways or fans of Kristen Stewart from Twilight. Which, like... Makes sense. You do an R-rated movie, the Twilight teenagers aren't going to be able to see it, period. And the run like older Runaways fans might be like, why the fuck is the Twilight girl Joan Jett? I don't want to see that. Oh, certainly. In 2010? So, yeah, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. So he like, was not the apple of everybody's eye back then. Yeah. She weirdly still isn't, which like I don't understand. She got I a think, bad rap for a long time. Yeah. Um, I think she's great. And like of the actual people in the band, she's probably still the biggest star out of the bunch. Yeah. Oh yeah. But Dakota Fanning did do Charlotte's Web. No pig in this movie. <laughs> there is no pig in this. There movie. is no pig in this movie. Yeah, Dakota's still working. I don't know. She's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He was. Yeah. I didn't see that one. Yeah, she's on. I've seen half of that movie. She's on the farm. She's like around the halfway point. But there's a pig in that. She's good. She she was good in it. That's like the weird part where it suddenly becomes like you think it's going to turn into like a slasher horror movie just because there's a lot of tension. And you're like, what is this movie? The tone is all over the place, Quentin. I didn't love it. I'll check you know, it out eventually. You know, it's worth checking out. But like it's if the Quentin Tarantino name wasn't on it, then like people might have thought it was more of a mess. A Sounds mess. like they that, that's really what I've heard. Uh, oh, right. She was just in the Equalizer 3. That's right. Oh. Oh, is the watch Is it Oscar worthy? Equalizer 3? <laughs> Some people liked it. Is Queen Latifah in that one? No, I think she's just in the show. Hmm. The Denzel's the movie one. Yeah, but isn't she like playing Denzel in the show? She's the TV one. Uh, yeah, at least she's not in the Wikipedia cast list. Anyway, do we want to move on to the criteria? Have we said our piece? Sounds like uh, we've really run away with it. <laughs> uh, so, 
Stupid sound. I know, I could have played the even stupider sounds. Uh, The criteria... uh, Actually, let me look at my notes that aren't all just Michael Shannon quotes. This isn't about women's lib, it's about women's libido. Uh, The scene of Michael Shannon singing Cherry Bomb should have been a film Twitter meme by now, because it's very funny. But nobody knows about this movie. Yeah. like Except Jade, I guess. Shout out to Jade for being the only one to know about this movie. I knew I guess. about it. I just didn't see it. Yeah, it took took me thirteen years to finally watch it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Sure. The criteria we do it every week to compare this film to Vin Diesel's 2005. Half of the quote I said in the beginning: masterpiece, The Pacifier. Uh, first up, how's the soundtrack? This is obviously much better. I don't know if it's obvious. I uh, I think it's pretty obvious. Hey, it, it fits the time period, and I'm glad they didn't include cheesy classic rock into this. That's I like that it's, and this might have helped it feel like less of a paint-by-numbers biopic for me, but they included non-Runaways music. They were just like, yeah. this is the music that was popular at the time and influenced them, and it was like, cool. Like, this makes it feel... Like, less of a, this is just their story, you know? Yeah, I mean, it fit. It for sure fit. I could have done with maybe a little more Runaways music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's understandable. Uh, but the stuff that we had was good. There's 34 credited songs in the film. Just fun fact. <laughs> Great. <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> like, 34 licensed songs or 34... Yeah. Like actual pieces of music they make, including licensed music and stuff they made for the actual film. Uh, I think just licensed music because there is no official. Wow. There's no official composer for the film because they just they had rock music. Did they sell a soundtrack? Yeah, the soundtrack seems to t- have 14 songs. 20 of them were cut off. Because hmm. I feel like that's a mark of biopics more than other movies. Like having a soundtrack that goes out, right? Well, having like it a, should having a soundtrack and like having the actors perform the songs instead of lip syncing, which, which like they did. Uh, they Chris did something. They did. Dakota Fanning apparently did their own vocals for the uh, the music in the film, and you can tell sometimes, which I thought was really neat, and like sounded good. That's one thing I will say. It felt like they were performing songs that they wrote. Mm, I did yeah. get that vibe. Uh, do you think it was better or worse than the Pacifier soundtrack? I'm not an expert on that soundtrack, but I imagine it's better than that soundtrack. Okay. <laughs> Next up, is there anything in this film that's as memorable as the Peter Panda dance? Uh, yeah, uh, it's got to be the the first Cherry Bomb time with Michael Shannon. What a horrible yeah. way to learn a song. <laughs> what a funny way to learn a song. <laughs> He's going nuts. <laughs> but like the same vibe as uh, Birdman, um, the same vibe as the best scene in that movie with, um, what's his name? Michael Keaton, Edward Norton. Edward Norton. Edward Norton on stage going like, fuck you guys and fuck that and fuck you like you should do this and this is how you should do the scene and then they do the scene and it fucking slaps like the same energy Mm. 
I like when he talked to the critic in that movie. I liked Birdman. Yeah, Birdman good. I thought the ending was dumb. It's back and forth. You know the original ending they were going to do, right? He like just flew. No, they were going to they were going to have like his whole like, "Oh, what is he doing?" thing. But then you know how in the beginning he was talking to the Birdman poster? Yeah. They were going to cut to Johnny Depp talking to a Jack Sparrow poster <laughs> and be like, the cycle begins anew. Yeah, that also would have been dumb. That would have been dumb, but I would have laughed my ass <laughs> off. Um, my Peter Pendence is also Michael Shannon. It's just his looks. He is dressed very funny in this based on just compared to other Michael Shannon costumes. Me, there's there's. I guess you could say three moments. For one, anything Michael Shannon does in this movie. Um, two, oh, we, how do we forget this part? The peeing on the guitar. They do pee on a guitar. <laughs> you guys in the peeing on the guitar. It's, it's crazy. They peed on a guitar. Break, breaking your headliner's dressing room and just pee all over their stuff. <laughs> they got better food from, they got better food than us. Now I have to piss about it. And uh, for me, number three, um, when Sherry goes to the grocery store and gets <laughs> not one, but two onions to go with her vodka. Yeah, you know, <laughs> something to chase it. And then pulls a Karen. Yeah. I, do you for know? For trying to buy underage. <laughs> and while being obviously fucked up. I... <laughs> uh, oh, have you fired? Like you're a you're a rock musician. Yeah. You're not the fucking queen. Well, and she's like, here's my ID, and then they just stare at her. It's like you are famous and you that's are a famous library for card. being fifteen. Also, oh, so do you paper know who ID. I am? <laughs> yeah, do you know who I am? Yes, and that's why we are not selling this to you. <laughs> yes, I know who you are, and also that the DMV does not give out unlaminated paper licenses. <laughs> They do when it's an interim license and you're trying to switch your states. But they're not the same size. Because I tried to do that at a restaurant once just to get a beer. And the woman freaked out and was like, I don't know if we can accept this. How do I know this is you? And I was like, okay, that's that's fine. I, I, I don't need a beer. I just wanted one. And she like panicked. What I'm hearing is Connor did the same thing N- at you, a restaurant. No, you weren't there. That's right. It was me and Chris. <laughs> But no, like I like I was like, can I have a beer? And she's like, I have to card you. And I was like, that's weird. I'm 27. But like, he said, do you know who I am? <laughs> I was like, I'm changing my license to a New York license. Here's the official state issued interim license. I'll have you. And she's like, at this how do Applebee's? I know this is actually your name? I'm like, it is, ma'am. Everyone, <laughs> listen, ma'am. Everyone's replaceable at this Applebee's. I am Connor Burke. It was not in Applebee's. I forget the name of the place. Uh, who's your Brad Garrett Calcane memorable side character of the film? Michael Shannon. Yeah, Michael Shannon's the obvious choice for me. Uh, also, the mom, because she does her weird actress thing, moves to Indonesia, and she's Tatum O'Neill. Who is not Punky Brewster. <laughs> she's definitely not Punky Brewster. For me, it's Lita Ford, who they did not the paint in a good light whatsoever i think which i think in real life uh the main reason why there was never like a formal runaways reunion was because joan jett and lita ford just hate each other so much there was no way it could happen mm. 
some it'd be like that sometimes <laughs> it do be like that sometimes uh last but not least is there anything this film that's as batch insane as the sound of music subplot from the pacifier which in case you don't know go watch the pacifier yourself um it might be real like this this might be a real thing and if it's real it's batch insane there too but it's the trajectory of how they exploded from mm. house party to I mean, we're at hotels and we have our own wet bar. The quote from Sherry Curry said that it was two and a half years. So like, yeah, but that's like the length of the time the band was like going around. Mm -hmm. Like the initial surge can't have been that fast. And if it was, then that is real life batshit insane. It was pretty damn fast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, so for me, this was mostly recognizing a plot point from this film in another one. Uh, the magazine argument of like, you should be promoting the music, not just you. The real thing is you should be promoting the music, not your crotch. Uh, and like, just Sherry's on the cover. It should be all of us. In an unfilmed draft... From around 2008-2009, written by Jason Siegel for The Muppets, uh, then titled The Greatest Muppet Movie Ever Made, you discover that... You, you want to do your nose sigh away from the microphone? <laughs> no, I did it there on purpose. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. Uh, you discover that The Muppets indeed broke up because there was a Life magazine article where everybody has a group picture... But Kermit raised his hand, and when the magazine comes out, it says, Who's the best Muppet? And everyone was like, That son of a bitch Kermit is raising his hand to take all the glory. So they broke up for similar reasons that the runways have issues in this movie. Weird that Kermit did a nude photo shoot. He's always nude, except when he's not wearing his collar. Uh, It was later revealed in that draft of the script that he was raising his hand because he had to piss, and he wanted to know where the bathroom was. It's very good. They did not film that draft. It is a bad script. But I thought it was weird. I was like, they started to do the magazine thing, and I was like, oh, greatest Muppet movie ever made. What the fuck? (laughs) For me, like the moment that it was Sherry's boyfriend or drug dealer, whoever that guy was, (laughs) who calls her and goes, oh, no, 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 just like, yeah, just take these photos, okay? No, 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 he'll he'll be over in a little bit. He'll take you to the place. It's just some random woman's house for a nude photo shoot. Well, implied nudity photo shoot. And they're like, "Hey, don't don't fucking take photos here. Get out of here." Yeah, the old lady. And that's part of the like, reason why uh, they isn't the old lady your grandmother? Yeah, it's her grandmother, and she's like, "No, no, it's fine, it's fine. He's a photographer." <laughs> no, no, this is fine. It's fine. I'm just this naked. This is part of it. Which I'm doing not, something. Not the the boyfriend, I'm 99% sure, is uh, one of Drake's band members and Drake and Josh and played uh, the guy with one ball in uh, Sons of Anarchy. Oh. Um. <laughs> Which, for being a drug addict, <laughs> one of the effed up parts about it is that I'm pretty sure he died from a drug overdose. Was his name Ricky? I think so. Was it Ricky or Scotty? Scotty is in Sons of Anarchy, it looks like. So I'm assuming it's him. Oh, God, he 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about this guy. He what uh, was he in Drake and Josh? I I did not look down far enough on his thing because I became very sad. Yes, he was. That's the guy. He also played someone named Scotty in Drake and Josh. How weird is that? Nice. Anyway, um, he was in Felon, an underrated, uh, and un- he was in Felon, which is an underrated Val Kilmer movie. Cool. Right on. Do we have our ranking and rating for this film? I give it like three cherry bombs out of five. It's fine. Put it kind of on the same level as the Pacifier. Just like, you know, it's, it's all right. It's good. I'm going to give it a handful of milk duds. I'd eat it. Interesting. How many run, How many members um, are there runaways? Five? I think so. How about three runaways out of five? There you go. Better or worse? Same as Pacifier? Oh, worse for me also. Hmm. I'll go better, just to be different. <laughs> okay, we ran the entire spectrum. And now it's time to play our new game called Fill It Up With Diesel. <laughs> Damn it, I did not time that. I thought the Tim Allen was going to cover the slurp. Uh, where the slurp we cast Vin Diesel somewhere in this film. He could be a new character. He could be replacing a different actor. He could have his own plot line. Whatever the hell you want, where would Vin Diesel be cast in The Runaways? I did not think about this. Hmm. Well, I'll go then. Um, the Runaways were really big in Japan. Um, but, like, they could have been really big in a fictional country based loosely on a version of LA from 2000. Um, And instead of all the people who were at the shows, it could be four foot tall Vin Diesel's um, dressed like children. (laughs) Um, And (laughs) they're at the shows and they're loving it. Uh, and also the scene where they break down the window and get into the dressing room. That's all Vin Diesel's, but they're four feet tall. It's like I'm thinking of the 2000s Willy Wonka with How, Deep Roy. Yeah, all but, the Deep Roy's, but yeah. a little bit taller. I Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'd make him Sherry's sister. They talk about sisterly bonding and their dad, except one is an obviously at least twice as old Vin Diesel. And at one point, I think Michael Shannon or the boyfriend or something says something to Sherry about your better looking sister. It would just be Vin. (laughs) It's all about family. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He's got to be part of a family. I would have him as one of the cops and do like a mini side story about what, how they got to the house that day. Like what made them had to go, what made them <laughs> had to chase those kids all the house, break like up the why they would have nothing party. better to do. Like, what was that call? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what was his reaction when he got that phone call? Like, really got to, got to, 
this is the one I need to do. That'd be fun. So thank you very much for being on, Natty. Uh, Do you have anything you want to plug anywhere and people can find you online or anything? Oh, oh, I hope not. Um, (laughs) Um. Yeah, we'll see what the what the future holds. But yeah, I'm living a very much normie life right now, which is good because I need that stability again. Nice. <laughs> it's it's Fair always enough. it's always good to have some kind of stability. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> As for us, you can follow us anywhere: uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at No Highway Pod. Uh, Thank you, of course, to Ian C. Weber for composing our C theme song. I had the what the C stands for in my head ready to go, and then it just came out too soon. Thank you very much to Ian C. Weber for composing our theme song, especially the new one. The C this week stands for... Ian Cherry Bomb. Yes, that's what I was trying <laughs> hey, to get out I, earlier. I know that song. That was in the movie. That was, that was in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can email us, nohighwaypod at gmail.com, if you want to yell at us about this movie or any other movie, if you want to request a movie, if you want to be a guest on the show, whatever you want. Uh, just Actually, us- have you guys even even like listen to the runaways first record <laughs> like, you guys have no idea what you're talking about you, you can send us that email and you'll probably get a response that just says no we haven't and no we don't and i'm pretty sure we made that clear <laughs> this is your time to shine uh, send us some correspondence yeah uh next week uh is next week we are going to be live in studio with chris uh our former first guest well our first guest ever to talk about the roland emmerich disaster film moonfall those moonfall sounds spoiler we love moonfall in this house baby i have yet to know how i feel about it Thank you all very much for listening. Please remember to subscribe, share with your friends, rate us on Spotify, give us a review on Apple Music. It does help. It uh, those it, things pad the stats. They do. Uh, they bring more traction. They help more people see the stuff. It does. So. If you if you share this with a bunch of people and uh, and people like it, then we can get big. We can get big guests. We can have a lot big of fun. Guests. Not big in terms of clout, but big in terms of very large. We can get the Brent, Jolly Green Giant. We can get Brendan Fraser in his whale suit <laughs> here. <laughs> we say, Brendan, what did you think about I don't know, what's some movie that we're not covering? Um, Brendan, what did you think the of... The Aristocats, yeah. Brendan. Did Brendan. you like the Aristocats? Brendan, did you like the Aristocats? And he goes, I want to know that I saw one good movie in my life. Nice. It was we, a good... Oh, shit, I did forget it. to plug something. Good performance in a so, shit movie. So yes. I don't have anything going on, but spe- while we're on... Uh, since we're covering music movies, uh, my friends in Obsolescence made a music video, so... That's going to come out soon, so check that out. It's called Blood, and you get to see me covered in fake blood. Nice. Right on. Uh, if you, uh, whenever that comes out, if you have the link to it, we can put it in the show description for this. Absolutely. You, actually, you know the uh, the What's Up Sonic meme? Yeah. For that video? I think so. Yeah, th- it's, the, it's those guys. Oh, cool. 
but they're trying they're trying to get away from that. So once that music video drops, check it out. Nice. That's exciting. And let's yeah, get them, let's get them famous for their music. Yeah. Once it's there, <laughs> once it's there, cool. we'll, sh- we'll share it on the socials and put it in the show description. But yeah, tune in next week for Moonfall. Uh, but for now, for No Highway Option, I've been Connor. And I've been Luke. And I'm Natty. And as always, these have been all of our opinions. And if you didn't agree with them, that is too bad because it's our way. No, no Highway, highway Option. option.